Awesome. So welcome to fearlessness. So what is fearlessness? It's the underlying grit that empowers you to forge ahead, even when hope seems distant. It's the courage to walk through the fires of hell, knowing you can come out stronger on the other side. Stay tuned to learn how to get fearlessness. I'm your host, Libby, and our guest today is Melody Edwards. Melody, welcome to the show. Hey, Libby. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. So we are so happy to have you. Me and Melody have a little bit of a background, not too long. We've, we've crossed paths. But before we get into that, Melody, I want you to introduce yourself. I have your bio, but I want you to introduce yourself because I feel like you would do a better job. And um, I'm kind of blown away that you have 25 years of experience um, in that home oh. service. So yeah. just dive right Thank in. You. Okay, so I actually started cleaning windows when I was 17 years old. I was saving for a trip to Europe, and somebody said, do you want to try working for me? And I said, sure. And um, I hated it, but it, I kept coming back to it over and over, and eventually I bought that company and then ended up starting another window cleaning company eventually. I did pressure washing. I had a coffee shop for a while. And I just now sold my holiday lights company. So I've been like all in home service for all of these years and um, have learned everything the hard way because that's my favorite way to learn, of course. And now, um, a couple of years ago, I started homeserviceva.com with my business partner, Dean, who was my first executive virtual assistant. And so now what we do is we help business owners like you or anybody who needs to get an assistant of some sort or an office, you know, a, a CSR in their company, we help match you. But we also really do a lot with training you how to work with um, Filipinos who are who we work with. Um, and we're about to start the Melody Manager Agency, which is very much focused on uh, serving purpose driven female leaders, um, doers, executives, business owners, just I always say, um, if, you know, do you need, do you need a wife basically? Like, have we ever said I need a wife, right? Well, that's what we're trying to give you as a work wife, a partner who's going to be able to help support you and all of the things so that you can move forward really well, or that's not the word, but, um, that's what changed my life. So I am a huge believer in, what it help, especially does for women. And that's the dream Dean and I have is just helping a lot of women reach their goals, essentially, and while not having their family disown them. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Melody, let's talk about the first time we met. So, Melody, yeah. I don't know if I've ever told you this, but you really changed the way that I uh, looked at um, hiring or outsourcing overseas. Oh, wow. Thank you. Um, it was the first time we met, and I believe it was at ResponsaCon. Yeah, it was ResponsaCon. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was the first time we met, and you know, I had never had a remote um, employee before, and we we I had some of them in Woot Recruit, one of my other companies yeah. that were remote. I didn't hire them though. Um, Chris and and Paul were kind of running that in that realm. Yeah. So I personally didn't have a lot of experience. And um, I was in the middle of looking for an assistant to help me because I have organize it. 
I have Woot Recruit. I have a new software called Service Cart. And then I have kids and right. all this other stuff. <laughs> all this stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so we agreed that uh, I could get an assistant to help me. And, but I was trying to find in person. And then I, and I did hire a remote actually. It was a, a, a friend of my son's and that epically we failed in that. It was mainly my yeah. fault. I, I wasn't organized enough and I didn't have things ready. Yeah. Um, but Melody really opened my eyes to like, what does it matter where someone lives if you can offer them a good job and you have great culture, give them the opportunity to work for you or with you. And that was literally the changing moment for me. Wow. Yeah, I remember that conversation because weren't you looking at somebody local? Was that as well? And yeah, and I remember talking to you about it. Um and it's funny, Libby, because sometimes when I'm talking, I feel like sometimes I don't have the right words to start. And to be honest, you can you can come off a little intimidating at first. <laughs> like you just are this beautiful, smart, like business lady. And I feel like, well, people call me like a uh, flower child, which is not true. But, you know, it's probably the energy I give off. So but once I start talking about this, it's almost like um I have, I become a preacher. I'm like selling the, spreading the good news. And so I think after a few minutes of talking with you, I kind of got that thing in my head where I was like selling the vision to you and I could kind of see the shift in how you were looking at it. But then when you signed up for, with us, I was like, oh crap, now I have to do a really good job, <laughs> which <Yeah. laughs> we always do. But you know, every time I sell this idea to people and it's not selling, it's just educating you on what it can do. Um, on the other side of that is, and now I have to have our team do the thing and we have to do it well. So it's a very personal thing to me that, um, cause you know, as a woman, it's just so hard to be all of the roles and do all of the things and having somebody who's going to just be by your side to help you with the like letting go of a lot of those things is just it just changes everything so i've used um melody a few times miguel he's our producer on here doing the podcast Yay. Um, helped me find um and i remember i had decided okay i'm gonna hire melody i'm gonna do that and then i had asked um one of our um at a, i had asked harold on our sales team if he recommended anybody at the same time and then at the exact same time, both Marilyn and Miguel landed in my lap, like at the same time. Wow. And they were perfect. I loved both of them oh, to wow. my husband. I'm like, oh, I want to hire both of them. <laughs> but like at the time, Paul was still in the company. I'm like, Paul will kill me if I hire both of them. <laughs> um, and I, it didn't matter because I hired both of them anyways. <laughs> and then I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with two people, but I feel like I have enough things on my to-do list that I could, put, oh. I could fill um, yes. Fill their plates. And so they've been with me ever since. So it's been great. And so um, cool. I really appreciate kind of you helping us connect because now I have Rexy and we have Belle and we have Miguel. Oh, that's so cool. I love um, that. And they are working out phenomenal. But I want to kind of shift the conversation. I have a lot of ways I want to go because okay. you talked about like the woman, right? And in home yes. services, like, but then the ADHD thing. Oh yeah. It's like a whole nother topic. So I kind of want to cover both of them. Like let's Great. stick with the women right now, because you talked about your mission was to help women um, really 
get control or get help, but then also being a woman in home services, uh, like, yeah, it just, uh, what was your experience? Like, what? yeah, just share a little so bit I about can, that. I can count on my hands. How many people, how many women that I know who are window cleaners and luckily it's gotten a lot better, but also how many actually own a window cleaning company? Um, it is all men, that whole industry. And it also was very much of the dark ages when I started. And there's no like, um, it's just, there's no genteelness in that industry. I call it like the wild west of home services. Um, and so uh, there were many times, I, I mean, I'm a community builder and I love having community around me. And so I would try to involve myself in these communities online and it was just rough. There were many times I would be crying. And my husband's like, why are you even doing this? I'm like, I don't know. I just want window cleaning friends or whatever. People who understood what I was going doing. But what really ended up happening was um, when, so I, had joined, I joined Conquer eventually, probably like four and a half years ago. And the only reason I joined was because Kedma was hired on as, I think, VP or something. And I'd never, ever seen a woman in come into home service in any sort of like coaching or mentorship capacity. And I'd always wanted a female mentor and I love my guy friends. I can be friends with anybody. I think you know that about me. I love all people, but just the idea, like I probably wouldn't have taken the leap towards coaching if she hadn't come on board because it just was like that threw it over the edge for me of like, wow, I could have somebody like, coach me on business. And so I joined that and it really shifted everything for me because, um, you know, I learned a lot about leadership. I'm very different than most of the people in that group um, for many reasons. But the main reason was I, I do business in a different way. I'm very purpose driven. I, you know, in order to care about profit, I had to create a community fund that was based on the revenue that I brought in. And then suddenly I cared about profit, you know, like things like that. I, I feel often like there's a lot of ebb and flow based on emotion. And so just having the support and having that mentorship and leadership it just changed my life. And really the reason why I have Home Service VA is because of Kedma, because I was teaching a lot of people how to do what I was doing. And she was like, okay, that's enough. You can't do it for free anymore. You've got to just start a business. And I was at a point where I could. Um, and so I joined teams with Dean, my business partner, and been going ever since. That's um, awesome. Yeah. And so, but the cool thing that's happened since then is I've done, gone to so many more events. I'm connected, you know, in different groups like you are. And the more I'm involved, the more women I'm meeting and connecting with. And it's just like, for somebody like me, who's been in the guy space for so long, I almost feel like bad saying I want to serve women. I don't know why it's something I'm trying to get over, but like I've served the guy space for so long, but to be honest, all of my clients for those years of in window cleaning were women, you know, like 80% at least were like homeowner who called us were women. And so I've always been really, really good working with women. I've always understood what needed to happen and what people's expectations were and made it easy for them to say silly things. You know how it is, like even with house cleaning, sometimes women won't say what, like I'm guilty of this. I won't say something because I don't want to be too nitpicky or I don't want to be, you know, anything. 
And so, but next year when you come to my house, I might say, oh, last year when you were here, you forgot to wipe the windowsill. So can you just make sure? And that's been sitting in my head for like a year. That's how. So I'm really, I was kind of really focused on making sure women didn't have to feel that thing of like not being able to say what they really felt, which I've experienced many times with plumbers and tradespeople who didn't really want to hear what I had to say. Um, and so I was really successful at that. And um, I know that that's where my heart lies. And so I'm excited to start really moving towards that space. Although it's weird to, we will work with men as well, as long as people are purpose driven. Like I want to help people who want to change the world in some way. I want to be the support system that stands behind them. I don't need to be the star of the show. I just want to like, you know, I can't change the world more than having like a hundred clients changing the world. Like that's my way of being able to do it. So awesome. also one other thing about women, um, my company, my window cleaning company, actually I've sold it, but the guys who own it, even still this year, almost all of their employees are women. And the reason I got to that point where I could, I, it's not about me. What it's about is having an amazing culture, having an amazing training system and having really um, different ads that attract the kinds of people who normally would never apply for that job. So for instance, I never called it window cleaning in an ad. I called it customer service cleaner because that's something people would open and look at because it's weird and I could do mm -hmm. that maybe. And then suddenly I just have to convince them in the ad. So it's something I'm very proud of um, is that I figured out how, and so many companies are just missing out on amazing applicants simply because they're not doing that part right, or they don't have a good culture for them to stay in and they don't have a good training program. So that was all the things about women. <laughs> um, I feel like we're pretty similar because I have the same guilt with profit. Yeah. Um, as you know, so I, we were, we pride ourselves, like we are a, a PCR company. So Woot Recruit is, and so is Organize It. So that's uh, people, customers, results cool. is kind of how we kind of order that priority. Yeah. Um, and we all know that we're not business owners because we want to be millionaires because otherwise we probably wouldn't be business owners. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't mind. I, I think my mindset on money has been shifting so much. The more work that, I mean, because I really am working hard on that mindset because I understand um, that in order for me to do bigger things in the world, I have to have the resources to do that. Absolutely. And it's, but you know, there's that growing up core guilt and there's all the things that we struggle with. So spending 20 years um, not focused on that and suddenly, I, I just want to give hope to people who maybe think they're stuck forever and ever. Like I've made huge shifts um, and it's sometimes it's taken me 10 years or 20 years to get to that point, but you just have to keep having like the drive, the, the grit basically to keep mm -hmm. going. And that's, I think I'm a story of grit basically. And so that's where the word fearlessness came in, right? It's just yeah. not fearless. It's fearlessness. It's a noun. It's, yeah. it's having and embodying all those things to keep going, even when you yes. feel like you're behind or there oh, is yeah. no hope. Um, constantly I mean, feel like that even still I let my so but I, I yeah I can let myself be in that space but I always say in my head also 
okay, you're feeling the feelings right now. And that's okay, because you're going to keep going because you always do. So feel your feelings. And then let's continue on. Um, I don't beat myself up over it anymore. I, I, as we get older, like we have to learn. That's part of, I think, the growth and the, the, the fearlessness of like continuing to grow, continuing to change and, uh, and just become better and better. Um, I feel like that's something that I'm really proud of myself for that. I've been able to continue that journey. Um, even when it's been really hard at times, even when it's stuck, when I've been stuck for six months at a time, I've never given up, you know? Absolutely. I mean, I, my husband has seen me cry, make stupid mistakes, get mad. Um, and I think that people think when they, when they see you and you have these things and you're successful, that it's always all worked out and it's the opposite. I think that we've made more mistakes, but we have that fearlessness to keep going through the mistakes. If you could only hear the conversations I have with myself in my head. Oh, I probably don't need to, because I've also had those conversations. Um, yeah, as the great Oprah taught me, um, so long ago, I don't even remember how, but you know, I think way back when she started talking about like, just being gentle and also my therapist, just being gentle with myself. Cause I, I, we beat it. We beat ourselves up so much. We're measuring against something that doesn't, it's not real. And just, um, being the kinder I am to myself, the more I let myself like off the hook almost the better I get, which is weird. Cause I always thought, you know, when you're like, come on, Melody, you're so dumb. Why aren't you getting this? Or you made that mistake last year. Why'd you do that again? If I, if I talk to myself like that, I'm just like re confirming the bias and, you know, it's just important to, for women, especially to, to be kind to themselves. And it's really hard. It is. It is. And this is totally off topic, but it is because um, I, I was, someone on Facebook had asked about, they'd never hired a cleaning company. Mm-hmm. And so my other company organized, it's a cleaning company. They never hired a cleaning company. They were looking not for referrals, but what did you get out of hiring a cleaning company? So I commented. Yeah. I said, Hey, I own a cleaning company, but here's what I got out of it. And I got time and I got freedom to do my hobbies and time to spend with my husband and my kids. But mostly what it was, was a mindset shift to say that it's okay that I don't do this as a woman Yeah, (laughs) and to let it go. And it doesn't devalue my, like my, me as a mom. Yes. Which, oh my gosh, so hard to do. I mean, who, you know, like window cleaning, Every time we went in a woman's house, I swear to God, they would say, excuse the mess. Yeah. And it was always spotless, almost, you know, like no man ever says, excuse the mess, unless it's a disaster, a pit of despair, you know, like we, again, all the pressure we put on ourselves and I do the same thing. I say it sometimes. I'm like, I know better. And I still say it, you know? Yep. So my next move on this whole topic is, um, you know, you're talking about Libby, uh, uh melody managers. Yeah. Um, I want, um, I want a house manager. Oh yeah. That's the, that's, that's like, like the my, that's level. the dream, right? <laughs> I, I would love to have a house manager, um, not a cleaner, not a cleaner, no. Somebody... like a house manager. Yes. I do. So I will say that my executive assistant is a little bit of a house manager. They can't do it all because they're not here, but 
there's a lot of things that I delegate to her because I just, um, like, I won't call certain people for, uh, we've needed a plumber for a year because I want to install a sink upstairs, but it's still in my hallway upstairs because I don't like calling plumbers and I don't think about it a lot, but every once in a while I'll be like, I need to call, but I don't want to, because that experience is always painful. Like I've never had a great experience and it's always like, I'm not sure how it's going to go. Yeah. So there's lots of things I fight myself on. And my trick is to hand it to somebody else as much as possible. Absolutely. And, but I don't know about you. I'm somebody who grew up. Oh, I was trained to be a workaholic. I was trained mm -hmm. to believe that hard work equals worth. And as I've gotten older and realized more about who I am as a person, I'm very much an artist, a creative um, and business is creative too. Like I'm creative in business and to do that stuff, you have to have space. You have to make space and it can feel like you're being lazy almost like sometimes I'm doing nothing, but those are when the big ideas come and you, anybody who's at a high level, I think understands that. And I am constantly fighting for that space, not with anybody else, but with myself, I fill it in all the time because busy feels right because it's what I'm used to. I mean, so I'm half Mexican and half Native American. And yeah. so my dad is, you know, Mexican from Monterey, Mexico. And we grew up with like, you work hard and, and that's how you work. You work hard, but you also work fast, right? Fast. Yes. Hard and fast. Yep. Efficiency. And, um, yeah. And so I grew up, you know, that way with that mentality that, um, and so for the longest time I worked with my hands, a physical, yep. I, you know, I've paid for it cause I have arthritis in my hands. I got like oh, deformed yeah. fingers, but, um, and then growing up as a, you know, as a girl too, with you, this is how you work. You work hard, you work fast. There's no such thing as sick. If you're sick, you go outside yeah. and sweat it out. <laughs> right. Um, but then when you have kids, like you carry on that responsibility. So yeah. Um, and then the house. And so I totally feel like that. And for me, um, just getting the help with like Marilyn and Miguel helping me in my jobs, oh, Marilyn yeah. helps me a little bit personally, and then letting go with like having your house cleaned as yes. a woman has really helped take the pressure off. Cause I can yeah. tell you, I turned into a mom that like my kids didn't want and a yeah. wife that my husband, like I was a wife, my husband didn't want. Cause I was constantly on edge. I was upset. Yeah. I was screaming at everybody like, yeah, oh, clean up your mess. Um, yeah. So it was, it was hard to let go, but also a very freeing um, moment that also yeah. now gives me the space I need for the creative. Right. Like you couldn't have had a podcast when you were hustling so hard before. Like you, there's no time to, to be able to think like that, but it's like, and you were a hands-on person. I was too, to, to make that transition, I think is what I would never worked in an office. I mean, I did for three months one time, but I worked too hard and I got laid off. I didn't know you weren't supposed to look busy when you're not busy. Um, I didn't know how it worked, but um, I've never had that. So now I have a computer job. I'm in, in a lot of meetings and I'm not doing like I've always thought of my body as being a tool almost like a, it's meant to do things. And as you know, I had a concussion a few months ago and I almost always think of my body as the vessel for my brain. You know, that's a thing I've struggled with a lot is like how, there's such a 
you know, the mind body connection is a huge deal. But, um, you know, when I went off my, I, when I got my concussion, it was really serious and I had to go off work for basically a month and a half and it, to let it go was actually somewhat easy, but to, to, it was almost impossible for me to do nothing. And that was the whole thing I had to do was do nothing. And I couldn't do it. Um, like, I think I could have healed a lot faster if I had been able to just like release everything, but I'm feeling much better now, but it took me going to a, a woman's camp in Oregon last month, actually, and no technology, no devices. And just the whole camp was about play. It was about leadership, but it was about, you know, play basically, because you need play to be creative. You need that in your life. And by the end of that, when I came home, my brain had changed, which is crazy. I, it just was different. So that's a pretty awesome. cool experience. Yeah. So let's talk about your brain. Oh, yes. So, um, you know, I was reading and you're very open about your, your ADHD uh, yeah. struggle and, and running a business. And so what are some, some of the ways that you really harness that, that gift and how do you overcome some of the issues? Um, this is something yeah. that is really common also mm -hmm. on the, when I used to organize, so organize, it started as a professional organizing. Now we offer organizing and cleaning. But this was a real struggle with uh, going into people's homes and helping Absolutely. them control uh, certain aspects of the house because they couldn't focus. Yes. And it's not, it's not, I mean, I still struggle with that, Libby. Like, um, I, what I will say is, first of all, I, I, I wasn't diagnosed as a child. Um, it was when I was about 29 and I was in college full time and raising my daughter as a single mom full time and also running my business full time. And I went crying to my doctor and was like, why can't I do all these things successfully? He's like, cause you're crazy. That's not normal. And also you probably should go get tested for ADHD. And what he told me is if you're, if you were somebody who was sitting on the couch, like I wouldn't even recommend it as an adult to go get tested, but you're somebody who's actually trying to accomplish things. And so, and my doctor had known me since I was 14. So I went and I got like eight hours of brain testing to really, um, and it changed everything for me. I'm wondering if I had known that about myself when I was younger, if I wouldn't have just decided, oh, that's who I am, I guess, and, you know, taken it on. But as an adult, it shifted my perspective of everything. It was like, I finally had an answer to the thing that had really been frustrating me. And I started reading and learning and, um, it helped me create the company I have because most homes, a lot of home service business owners, maybe they didn't do well in school. Maybe there, there's a lot of people who struggled in school who are great with their hands. They're brilliant, you know, they're brilliant, but their hands on brilliant and they're, they think differently than school trains us to think. And that, that was my story. And so a lot of us end up in places where we can work with our hands um, and we end up with a lot of chips on our shoulder because of that. And so there's a lot of business owners who have ADHD. Maybe they were never tested for it, but it affects the way they do business every day. It creates chaos in the company. Um, we're always like, you know, so what I did, what I got, um, you know, you always, you also have the ability to hyper-focus. So what I did is I really started focusing on 
what I could do to um, take the parts that were really hard for me. And some of it's simple. Like, for instance, um, this is weird for some people, but it's not weird for me. I leave a toothbrush in my shower because routines are really difficult. So even taking a medication, brushing my teeth, whatever it is, I need to make it as easy as possible to do that or else I will either drag my feet. It takes emotional energy for me to do basic things. And so every time I think of energy as being like, you only have so much, especially as I get older. And every time I'm doing something that is a bigger drain for that energy, I need to get rid of it because I want to use that energy for what I call my sparkly brain, like the part of my brain that is going to take that energy and make something big or magical. Um, Another thing for this is great for business owners who struggle with taking the time to like work on the bigger things, which I think most of us do. I'm not very disciplined in that way. Um, I found this this thing online called Cave Day, and it is amazing. Um, I haven't used it for a while because of the concussion. I had to let a lot of things go, but it's basically a place where you are accountable to other people. Um, and you just go in and you say what you're going to work on and you can make a block of time where you're just on a Zoom, but you're not really on the Zoom. And it's an, it's a way to be accountable, basically. But now I do that with my my assistant. Like if she can set an appointment in my calendar that says you're going to work on this thing, she has to show up and kind of babysit me almost during that. That's the only way it gets done. Sometimes, not all the time. Marilyn's probably laughing in the background right now because <laughs> um, we kind of almost do the same thing. I'm like, we it's, need to have a meeting. No, yeah. only I just need to make you make me do it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I need like, uh, and it's hard. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that are really hard about ADHD that I still struggle with all the time. But I think I've really, again, I have a lot of grace for myself. Um, the, it was really hard in the beginning. And as I've continued to practice, it's gotten easier. Um, the very things that make my life, like if, if I talk about, for instance, zoom meetings, I cannot start a zoom meeting. I have three different zoom channels and I'm always last minute trying to figure out which channel. And then I have to sign into this thing. And then my last pass needs to be signed in and I can't, it's just too many steps and my brain energy is drained. And I haven't even started a meeting yet. So my assistant has to start every meeting for me. And I feel dumb because it's a thing that I know I could do, but is it worth the energy that it takes me? No. You know, same with emails. Is it worth it for me to sit in an inbox being stuck? Absolutely not. I don't look at my emails. I know a lot of people can't even begin to imagine, me including, like I could have not have imagined before giving my email over to somebody. And it's the only way that I, it's so freeing. Um, and it's easy to do too. It's not as hard as people make it. So. So this is a really interesting topic for me because I do feel that many of the true like visionary entrepreneurs, some of us fall into it. Some of us has always had this gene. Yeah. Um, there's this book that I, um, so I'm in SAS Academy. It's Dan Martell's group. He wrote oh, Buy yeah. Back Your Time. Um, so I, he's one of my coaches and he brought in, um, have you heard of this book? It's called EPT. No. Oh my God. You're going to love it. Okay. So he talks about, uh, it's called the entrepreneur personality type. And he talks Mm -hmm. about how entrepreneurs all have ADHD Yes, and that we were given this label so that society could 
understand us. They needed to label us because we were sparkly. We were different. Yeah. Um, And that most of us either did really well in school or because we could gamify it, we we yes. knew how to manipulate the system. That, or that was me in college. That we was did me in horrible college. in school yeah. because we couldn't sit there and conform, right? Because yeah. school is following, conform. you know, don't yeah. talk back, don't think for yourself. It's memorization. Yeah. So um, I learned how to manipulate the system. Yep, me <laughs> so too. So I did really well in school. Um. But you can ask my husband, I can't spell to re- to save my life, but I don't need to know how to spell. Uh, right. Marilyn and Miguel are probably laughing right now too, because I can't spell to save my life. Thank God, like iPhone has autocorrect. Right. But um, but in this book, it, it, it's a really good book. Um, it's uh, Alex Charfan, I think how you say his last name. But he also wrote The Billionaire Code. Mm. But in this book, he talks about entrepreneurs we have superpowers and he actually lists all of them out the ability to like read information and absorb it and actually apply it without even testing it very quickly very quickly very quickly he also talks people oh go ahead i was just gonna say i think of people like my husband's an engineer and and so he thinks very linearly and he does get to a solution it's usually not the one i would choose and the way that ADHD people think is like in 360 degrees, like it's, a, it's all over the place all at once. And I come to solutions very, very fast. And it's, and then I feel like I need to like say them and I get frustrated when other people aren't getting there as fast as me, but it's the way my brain works. It's just even like, I think so much faster than I can say the words or especially write the words. So I think of all these things and use them having that knowledge of how I operate or how my brain works to make it easier for me and my assistant to help me, if that makes sense. In this book, he even talks about our superpowers, which like, have you ever been, um, he also talks about the superpowers, but the ability to control your environment is where you Mm -hmm. can operate in your like prime. And those superpowers, and then you find them and lean into them. One, I never noticed, like, do you ever get overstimulated and then you get frustrated? Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, where there's too much noise or too much stuff yeah. going on. He even talked about the fluorescent lights when you're like at a conference. Do they ever feel like they bounce or they're jumpy? Yeah. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Um so he explains it in this book. It's an easy read. And I told my husband, I can't wait to read it. I'm going to read I it. was done. I said, can you please read this so that you can understand me? Oh, I'm going to have to send it to my husband too now. <laughs> I was like, please. And yeah. um, it was kind of like, oh my gosh, now yeah. I don't feel so weird. So yeah. um, I think it's a great topic and I don't think it's talked about enough, the ADHD topic in business and then yeah. men have it, women have it. Yes. It is a real struggle and it's something that we were gifted with that helps us in the visionary role, but also yeah. a curse because it, 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 you know, we get too overstimulated. We get, yeah. you know, it, um, we can't it focus. It makes the other things harder. Yeah, it does. We can focus deep, but then we yeah. can't focus when we can't control our environment. Yeah, that's so true. I think of times when I, so it ta- it's really hard for me to do numbers. I, I'm, di- my son was diagnosed with dyslexia a couple of years ago, and that's when I realized I had dyslexia as well. And so I, with numbers, though, 
it will take me an hour to like, I have to force myself to do the work. But what I realized a couple of years ago when I, you know, um, read the book Profit First, what I realized about the reason I loved it so much is because it's percentages and percentages are super easy for me. Like I think in percentages, numbers could be like billions. There's billions of varieties of numbers. Percentages, it's like really tiny. You know, you just want to get to the hundred or and not go too much over or under. Right. Um, but like there's so many things like that, that if I could struggle with it. But once I understood that or like was more self-aware about it, I was able to make changes that make numbers easier for me. I still find it, but yeah. I mean, he talks about in this book, Richard Branson suffered from Mm. dyslexia and could not even understand his own P&L sheets, even when he was a billionaire. And they had to create a sensitive but simplified process that highlighted just the numbers he needed. Absolutely. And that's what I tell um, my assistants. Like I need to see things in a very certain, in a certain way. And it might make no sense to somebody else, but when, when it's right, I can see it. I can literally see it when it's not, I see jumbles of words yes, and, and numbers. And so that's the thing, like that when we hear stories of Richard Branson and he has this struggle and there's so many people who have these struggles, um, it makes us, feel better but they're but it's a story and so we're still living in it every day you know all the time and so just having um systems is really important and not that i will follow systems necessarily i fight systems uh that's i think a classic adhd uh symptom but i am great at building simple systems for the people around me to use that help me help them also you know so the systems aren't for me necessarily. You always, I always, you know, I used to make them for me and I realized that didn't work for everybody else. Yeah. But now I understand, like, I need to make the thing that's going to work for other people around me so that they can be at their best and I'm not going to impede them or be a bottleneck to that process for them. And so like this topic is, is so intriguing because it's, it's also like, it's our bottleneck. It's what makes us special. Yeah. But then I th- think the thing that also separates us with this EPT thing is um, the fearlessness to when it comes to decisions or risk, we, we like love, risk. We do. I, I logically don't, but I do, but I always take the risk, you know, I don't think about it. And like, if it's something, most of the time when I look back at what I've done, I didn't think about it the way my husband might've, let's say, mm-hmm. or like somebody else. That's why people don't take risks. If we actually thought it through, like, I'm going to start another business. I don't think through with that. Go ahead. Yeah. You know what I say, Libby? I say I'm an optimist with a bad memory. That describes entrepreneurship. I don't remember the pain of all my other businesses and how I had to learn the hard way every time. I only remember the good things about it. And that's what allows me to continue on. It's like what they say about giving birth to children. Like you get that, that memory of you don't remember after or else you'd never do it again right so <laughs> that's kind of what happens in my yeah. brain i have three kids right and they're all 10 years apart almost exactly <sighs> within three weeks of the 10 year mine mark. are two i have two that are 10 years apart wow and um i say to everybody it's like they're like oh my gosh why did uh, you know, why are they 10 years apart? I was like, because, you know, I remembered what it was like. And then at like almost 10 years, I forgot and decided to have another one. 
Is it like having three only children? Because I feel like my two kids think they're only children. They act like they're only children, the only child almost. Yeah. So they're I have a 20, 25, yeah. 15, and five. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So my 25 year old, he, he's independent, lives on his own. Um, yeah. But yes, it's like three having, it's like having three only spoiled brats. Yeah. Because they grew up with all your attention till they were, yep. you know, and by the time you had another one, they were 10. So they were like, yeah. make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and brush yes, your teeth and totally. clean your room. Yep. Um, and it's yeah, funny because my... my older one thinks, oh, you care about the fir- the little one more. Totally, yeah. And I'm like, no, I coddled you and I took extra care of you. Like yep. the, the third one, I'm just kind of like, yeah, go, I don't know, go feed yeah. yourself. <laughs> go do the thing. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, it's so, it's so interesting. I mean, I think that's the common experience, but I say that I, I trained my son in the Montessori method of parenting, meaning I taught, I let him explore in the kitchen from a young age and really like, like live like learn but really I hate cooking and so the or sooner he could learn how to do it himself and the better for me and so he's been cooking since he was like 10 he enjoys it and it you know I wasn't allowed in the kitchen when I was younger so like to me I call it it's a joke that I say Montessori but really what it is is I really wanted him to be as independent as possible so that he could yeah like handle himself so this is a good segue into my next question. Yeah. And, it, and it's more for like the entrepreneurism, but it's also yeah. for kids or it's, it's delegation, right? You were just delegating yeah. him that responsibility or that task. And so a lot of people, I'm sure a lot of people that reach out to you for um, the VA assistants or the melody managers yeah. are going to struggle with delegation. They're, they're not comfortable handing it off, a task off, you know, especially... Especially yes. to an, a virtual assistant. And it's yeah. not because of trust. It's because they can't see the person. They they, yeah. they can't see what they're working on. So right. what are some tips as far as that delegating goes that you can help our listeners with? Yeah. So I approach it very differently. I think you went through my system. So I really have a different approach to how I um, learned to delegate. And I still want to say I struggle all the time. I will always struggle. Even though I I easily will give things over, there are still things that I struggle to be able to figure out how to tell somebody those things. And you know that thing, like I get blocked up and so I won't say it, but I'm still learning how to do that. So I want everybody to know that up front. But what I have learned is... um, and. Also, I was the worst micromanager and non-delegator when I, for my first 10 years in business, I didn't know how to hand it over because it felt like so important to me. It was like my baby or something and I didn't want anybody to ruin it, but it was also just because it's scary. You know, it really is scary the first time you really learn to let go. And so one of the first things we do that's wrong is we, we train people, we overtrain or we undertrain people when we're delegating. And so I know many times I would sit down when I used to have in office assistants and I would sit down to train them and I would say, okay, we're going to, you're going to watch me send some emails now. And then I would just talk to them while they watched me send emails. Well, what is that teaching them? There's nothing happening there that's actually going to help them send emails in the future on my behalf. Um, and so 
one of the things I made for people who work with us, um, and it's one of my favorite systems, is how do you teach somebody to handle your communication? How do you teach them to talk like you, to respond the way you would want them to respond? Like It can feel like the hardest part for a lot of people to let go, but it's the part that's going to give you back the most time immediately. And so for me, I, I think I got back 15 to 20 hours that I was spending just back and forth on emails. But what I teach people now with delegating is um, you start by giving them access to your inbox and let them research how you write, how you respond, and let them start creating templates. Even if you have templates, don't put those, don't give them to them. Because when you give somebody a template, they're not owning that, you know, they're just doing a thing. But when you have them go and do the work themselves and research and study and start making their own templates out of the like the common emails that they see, then they might see like a problem that you solved in an email. That's a troubleshooting template. They might see like questions that you've answered. Those are FAQ templates. They're collecting more than you would probably have for yourself also. Mm-hmm. And they're going to bring it back to you. And you're going to look at these templates and you're not going to touch them. I know the tendency is for us to want to like take it and then fix it, but no, you're going to give it back to, you're going to make a quick video. That's what I usually suggest and go through it and just tell them what the changes should be and why you're going to go back and forth with that way until you feel like they've made you good templates. Now they're ready to start drafting your emails and you're going to trust them. They're not sending anything. They're just going to draft using the things that they created for you. And once they're creating, you know, drafts that are good 80% of the time or thereabouts, and the other times they're asking you like, hey, how do you want me to respond to this? Or, you know, I'm, you know, you might need to deal with this one. They're ready to start sending emails for you at that point. And you're totally going to trust them because they're using your language, your words. You've watched them learn and grow through that process. It can take as little as a week for them to get up and running. And um, they're never signing your name. I did make the mistake early on with my assistants of having them sign my name. And then I'd see somebody in person and they'd be talking about something. <laughs> I, and I was like, okay, I can't do that anymore. No. Yeah. But even so it was really, that's how I think about all my systems. How do I give somebody the ability to teach themselves as much as possible? Like software, we learn software like software can do this much, we're learning this much. And then we teach somebody and they're learning this much. And so they're asking us all the time when a problem comes up, why don't we just have that person go above us to learn as much as they can about the software on their own? There's so much software training out there available for free. And then they can be the problem solver. They can be the troubleshooter for you instead of the other way around. We often think because we learned things the hard way and our mind is stuck in that, that there isn't an easier way that we have to guide people. And we're usually the roadblock. And we're typically Um, doing it the hard way. We're doing it the hard way because it's what we got used to. Mm -hmm. Um, But for people who have never delegated before, you have to think about it in a, in a, you have to let, you have to be ready to let go. You have to, to really deal with the um, psychological things that are causing you to not want to let go. You say you want to let go. You say you want more time. You you don't have more. Usually what happens is you're a cleaner and then suddenly you have too many clients and you need to like, 
either hire somebody to help you, like you reach that point. So you're either exhausted, or, and but you, if you don't delegate, you can't grow and you can't get out of the field. So dealing with those stories, we tell ourselves like, nobody can do it better than I can. Why am I going to pay somebody to do something I can do? You know, um, what are some of the other stories we tell ourselves? Like they're not going to do it right. They, you know, um, horror stories. I had an employee once, but they were horrible when really yeah. we were probably, we were the problem, you know, it's, most it's of the always, time. It's always us because we either always, hired yeah. that person or we created the training for that person or, um, didn't. or we didn't hold them accountable. There's all um, the things. Yeah. And so, so, you know, I, I get this all the time with coaching. Um, I coach a lot of cleaning companies yeah. and they're always like, well, um, they have that lack of trust people. So they, they, they just do it themselves. And yeah. I would say that, you know, if all you do is the day to day, all you're ever going to be good at is the day to day. Yeah. And it's, I, it's, hard, I don't even though. want that I mean, for our staff. Like once you learn the day to day and you master it, I want you to move up too. Yes. Right? Cause it, it's yeah. a ladder. It's a, it's a ladder. Yeah. But I won't, dismiss how hard it is because for me to move from the mindset of I know everything and it's and I'm the best at it right to I can train people to do this and I can get good at training them to do it even faster than I ever did it and learn it's just all about continuing our growth um and our learning you know shifting our mindset and somebody has to be willing to do that to take on a virtual assistant or an office assistant, if you want it to be successful and you want it to be successful quickly. Yeah. So that's like really what it takes is you have to shift the mindset. Oh, it, it's hard. It was for me an epiphany moment. Um, Like I can remember the day because again, professional organizer, yes. like <laughs> just to the extreme, everything was perfect. No one could mm -hmm. do it as good as me Yeah. or as fast as me. Absolutely. Um, so I'm wasting my money or my time. Like, so, and then it was just that someone said to me that your, your business is never going to grow. Yeah. Like it, it has to be messy and there's going to be issues and mistakes and that's okay. Cause every growing business is a little messy. Oh, absolutely. That's, I keep learning that over and over. I thought, <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah. I want it perfect. What are you me talking too. about? <laughs> yeah. I'm, ex I'm actually experiencing that with the new owner of the company. I just, sold and it's a holiday lights company fastest season ever and i'm trying and he's ocd I'm, I'm telling him like you have to learn to just let it be messy because it's always every day you're going to feel horrible if you don't learn to let it be messy because it just mm -hmm. will be but yeah i think um it's really important like that people understand just because you haven't made this shift yet doesn't mean you can't absolutely you know, it, it can happen at any time I always say like one of the things I learned about myself once I started traveling more um, was that when I go to an event or a mastermind or something, I invest a lot in myself now and I would never have done that before. I never would have invested that way. But what I realized about myself is every day I am moving in inches. And when I go to an event and I get away from my normal space and I think about things in a different way around different people, I move a mile. And then I go back to my inches, but that mile would not have, how many inches does it take to get to a mile? Like so many. So there's a lot of, I always say like leaving my norm is really helpful for me. That's my thing that helps. But 
you know, if you want transformational change, you have to do things that you don't usually do in order for that to happen. And yes, it's not it's... just, yeah, it's not just like deciding or else we would all make that decision. It's much more than that. No, because what we say and what we can do are two different things, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I always say, if, if you want to change, you have to change. Yeah. And it's hard. There's those epiphany moments that kind yes. of somebody says something to you and you've heard it before, but they said it, it right either time. at the right time, the right yeah. place and, or the right way. Cause people deliver yes. content in different ways. Yeah. So, um, and we've heard it before. It's just, you're, you're going to hit that wall and it's just kind of, it's just going to change your life. Yeah. Yeah. So it Melody. Yes. It's time to wrap up. I want to oh my goodness. thank you for being a guest on the Fearlessness podcast. So real quick, um, you know, where can our viewers find more information about you? Okay. Well, I'm a very old lady, so I'm still on Facebook. So if anybody, you know, hears this and they want to, or watches it, find me on Facebook, Melody S Edwards, and just friend me. Um, or just reach out. You can go to info at homeserviceva.com. I think info at melodymanager.com. Um, but I'm easy to find, I feel like. I, yeah, and we'll I'm, make sure in all the places. We'll make sure we put her contact information in yeah. our show notes so that you guys can um, find her. I highly recommend um, Home Service VA. We've Thank used you. them for um, our software recruits and um, have had great success and very happy with the training part as well. Yeah. Um, so I just want to thank all of our listeners uh, for tuning into the podcast. And thank if you. you want a, we have a free mini training masterclass at libbyd.com or thefearlessness.com. Um, so if you want to listen to more episodes, you can also find them on those websites, but we also have a free mini masterclass on leadership. So if you've enjoyed today's show, please tell a friend about us. And we want to thank you for joining us on our journey to transformational leadership, keeping a positive, let's keep inspiring positive change in the world.